Welcome back to the Riskers podcast. My name is Caleb Brakey. I'm the founder and CEO of Speak It to Book, and I help Christian leaders and pastors write their books and build their ministry platforms so that they can share the gospel to the ends of the earth. Today, we are going to be talking about prayer, not as a spare tire, but as a steering wheel. I, I love that visual. I'm a very visual person, and I know times of my life, most of my life, frankly, when prayer has been the spare tire. Imagine changing that. Today, our podcast with Anthony Wilson is really going to go into being guided by God from A to Z. Anthony had a good paying job. He stepped away. He took risk. And... There are many times when failure was happening, failure in our view of failure, as in it didn't work out exactly how you thought it would or how it should work out. We talk about how failure is a part of the process, that what we consider failure isn't God's view of failure. When you are called to something, you have to walk through it. You have to walk through the failure and successes. So welcome back to the Riskers podcast. Today, it's all about Anthony Wilson, and he is the host of the Love Thy Neighbor podcast. Anthony is a preacher and teacher of God's word, and if you are that person who finds yourself really desiring to make prayer your steering wheel, not that spare tire, you're going to be blessed by this interview with Anthony. So the big question is this. How do Jesus-loving entrepreneurs, pastors, and driven men and women of faith like us who are taking risks to pursue their kingdom calling, how do we get our mission, the problem we're working to solve, the pain we're striving to heal, how do we fully realize it here on earth? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. My name is Caleb Brakey, and welcome to the Riskers Podcast. Anthony, brother, welcome to the podcast. Uh, This is going to be a great time. And you were just saying that when you look over your shoulder and you're talking with people and you're telling your story, like the eyes kind of get bigger. (laughs) And it's because you, and and I've probably said this before, but uh, one of my favorite quotes is it's hard to read the label when you're standing inside the bottle. Like you just, you don't know what's going on in your life, but other people, they see it clearly. So brother, welcome to the podcast. I can't wait to hear your story of risk and what it's led to in your life. Okay, well, thanks for having me. I'm just glad to be here. And um, yeah, this is going to be great. This is going to be great. And I, I got to, you know, listeners are not going to be able to see this, but I do see a 76ers on your jacket. Now, I'm yeah. not sure how much research you've done on me, but I used to be a sports reporter. I'm a huge <laughs> sports fan. All I can see is Allen Iverson. That's all I can see because of all <laughs> the highlights I remember as a kid of that guy playing ball and doing it incredibly. But brother, uh, tell me about leaving a good paying job to serve God full-time. I mean, right there, like every listener out there is <laughs> listening, being like, hey, like I feel called, but man, I am scared because I got security. I worked hard for my job. And now why do I feel like God's calling me to away? And, you know, do I have to wait until I replace my income before I go? You know, lots of questions are going to come up. So brother, I can't wait to hear your story. And let's just go ahead and get started right there. Where did this calling come from? 
Well, I, I, you know, I went into ministry school um, around 2008. Um, it's a ministry school, um, Colorado Vocational Training School, uh, and did my ministry training there. Uh, did two years uh, in different, various different things. I had training previous to that uh, for counseling and things like that, but I went into pastoral training there. Uh, when I was done my training, um, we went ahead and we started planting the church. Now, this is 2008, you know, um, we're planting the church and we're just starting out in our living room. You know, um, Love I, it. Tell, I tell people all the time, like, man, I started my church handing out water bottles um, in the front of my apartment complex. I would hand out water bottles and ask people, hey, uh, is there anything I can pray for you about? And people actually stopped and said, well, yeah, I need prayer. Um, uh, one of my longest standing members, uh, he's now moved to Austin, Texas. But he started with me there. I met him in front of my uh, apartment complex, gave him some water. We talked. We became friends. He became a pastor later on um, in this journey and has now moved out to Austin, Texas. But I met him right there in front of my apartment complex. And so in this journey, the church is growing out of my apartment complex. We go into a rec center. We end up being in a hotel. Um, we finally find a storefront. And all this time, I know that God is calling me by vocational. And people are asking me, how are you doing it? Because I'm coaching football and basketball. I've got two kids uh, in school and they're, they're doing great. They're doing sports. So I'm making it to games. And we have this church and we're there. We're at the church. If we're not at the church, we're at work. I rarely saw my home. <laughs> I'd stop in to shower and eat something and head on out. And so 2016 is when um, the target was. And it was in my spirit from the time my son got to high school. He got to high school uh, in 2012. And 2016 was the, was the date that was in my spirit. And I was like, man, at first it was like, okay, yes. But when 2015 rolled around, it's like, is this still what I'm supposed to do? <laughs> am, am, am I still supposed to? When 2016 ro rolls around and my son's getting ready to graduate, my daughter's already in college. I'm thinking this is this is supposed to be it. This is supposed to be the year that I step off of this job. And I felt like I needed more time. I needed, you know, get some more things in, in, in place and you know, do, do some more stuff. And it was as if the Lord just gave me a calm and a peace. And said, you've been preparing for this, this whole time. I know you don't have a bunch of money stacked up. You don't have a book deal or all these kind of things, but you have a work to do. And the church was growing. Um, I mean, we're doing great stuff in the community. And it was really time for me to invest all of my time um, that I was investing in other things into that. Kids are now going to college. Uh, sons at CSU Pueblo, daughter was already at uh, Denver University. Um, and me and my wife said, okay, 2016 is here. And the the anxiety and the stress, <laughs> but the excitement all was rolled up into this ball. And you're like, here we go. And I stepped out. Now, I wish I could say I stepped out and everything just went amazing. But I stepped out. <laughs> they gave me a salary. Uh, I put in the work. We began to just do more and more in the community. And then the church started to step back, 
started to dwindle in the midst of this. And I'm thinking, well, I stepped into full time so that we can really do this thing. And it really started to step back. And so we went through a season, you know, I call it a season of pruning, Mm. you know, and in this season, things got really tight. And I questioned if I should have done what I did. (laughs) I really (laughs) did. I said, man, did I make a mistake? Did I miss you, God? Did I misread this? Was I, was I wrong? And, Mm -hmm. you know, (laughs) I, I stuck with it. My wife said, stick with it. Um, my wife actually went back to work for a little while at the at the schools um, just to make sure that we were OK. 2017, I picked up Uber, I started Ubering on the side because mm-hmm. it still gave me the freedom to continue to pastor. Um, and then the church began to kind of get its legs back under it mm-hmm. and begin to move forward. And we stuck it out. And we're still standing today, even through a pandemic. We grew in the pandemic. You know, uh, that was probably one of the most financially stable years we had. And we were in a pandemic, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, it's like, man, how do you grow and increase in the midst of a time like that? And so really stepping out um, on faith and saying, God, you said it, even though there were challenges along the way. And brother, man, that's a man, there's so much to unpack there, but it, <laughs> I, I was talking with my wife last night. I mean, just last night about how so many years through our writing journey, business journey, everything. I was like, just the idea of, man, it feels like God has just knocked me down over and over and over in terms of that pruning way. You just can't grow without pain. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Isn't it interesting that when pain happens, we tend to question the source of the call? Yes. It was this right. Was this really right? When God's saying, yeah, it's right, but I'm making you ready for the long haul. It's that pain. It's that, it's that faith, right? Like when everything is easy, faith's a little easy too. You know what I mean? And it's it's like, God is there all the time. He's never going to leave us or forsake us. That's through the good times and the bad. And I think that he does a lot more pruning than, than we tend to think. And, and I love the fact that you adjusted, you, you, you know, you didn't just panic, but you know what? You did get that Uber job to, to help make uh, ends meet. And then God continues to be faithful. I mean, he was never, he was never not faithful, but anyway, I, I just thought that was really interesting because I think too often we look at the way we see success as in, hey, everything's working out perfectly and just as I envisioned, as that must mean God meant it to happen. When really, no, God gave you the call. Our job is to be faithful through it and adjust through it as we be faithful until he says differently. So your ministry is starting to thrive in 2020. What, what does that look like for you now? And, and you know what were some of those early mistakes that you learned from? Ooh, man. Um, uh Yes, the ministry is going. It's thriving, even in the midst, like you said, of uh, you know the pandemic in 2020, 2021. We're slowly peeking our head out of the pandemic, but it's not over yet. You know, um, I think early on, and um, getting ready to do a leadership conference for a friend of mine, and I, I wrote a book called Learning Lead a couple of years ago. And in this book, I talk about how I was as a leader. When I started out as a leader, everything was go, 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 right? And at the expense of the people around you, when you're leading, you know, especially, you know, a church, you can be so task-orientated 
that you just want everybody, look, you see the work we got to do, let's get it done. And in that, you don't recognize how you're hurting people. And so I had to slow down and change my mindset from this microwave, instant, you know, success type thing. And even if I did make it instantly, I had to know that that was just a flash in the pan. This is going to be a long haul. And so I had to change my mindset to a slow cooker, you know, type yeah. mindset, you know, crock pot, you know, that this thing needs to sit and simmer and soak because what God is doing is not supposed to be this overnight success. Even if I did explode, you know, in certain areas, at the at the end of the day, I had to learn that this is a journey. This is a marathon. It's not a sprint. It's a long haul. Mm, man, that is that is. I, I'm just I'm resonating with that. And frankly, it's making my mouth water thinking about <laughs> good good cook something in a slow cooker. This is something that nothing really great comes quickly. Like, like, like what really great thing comes quickly? You know, you, someone could say like, well, winning the lottery or something like that. It's like, even that, you know, you see most yeah. people win the lottery. It destroys their soul. Right. Like, like the good stuff, it's in the long haul. It's in the slow cooker. It's because that is the, the character building, integrity building, competency growing. That's where God does his best work. And, oh, if only we had more patience and more delayed gratification in our walks and callings with God, whatever. I mean, you started with handing out water. <laughs> what a beautiful place to start. And, and look at where God grows it. I just, to encourage those listeners right now, like slow cooker mentality, embrace that one. You know, next time you think about having a good meal, let it, let it marinate, right? Let it marinate and then we'll get to the good stuff. I love that, Anthony. Before we go further, I want to take a quick break and tell you about the publishing expertise offered by Speak It to Book and Sermon to Book, where we help men and women of faith become powerfully positioned to impact lives by collaboratively writing their book and building their ministry platform. If you've longed to write your book and impact a broader audience, our team is here to help, even if you don't have the time or energy to write. We've helped riskers like you secure traditional book deals, hit numerous bestseller lists, keynote to 100,000 people in two years, and get featured on Entrepreneur on Fire, Forbes, and Inc. Schedule a free strategy call at calebrakey.com. So you had mentioned prayer as, as a, a huge part of the process, and I really liked uh, what you said about like using prayer, it's a steering wheel. It's not a spare tire. And I love that. Break that down for us, man. Yeah, um, that was something that I had to really, really learn because what happens is in my mentality of go, 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 you know, you pray because things aren't working. <laughs> it's not that prayer is the, the, the way that you process it's something when, that you go to when the process is not working. That's backwards thinking. I had to realign my thinking to think, well, wait a minute, prayer is the steering wheel here. I, I can't know what God wants me to do or where he wants me to go or how he wants me to do this if I'm not spending time praying. Jesus would go away early in the morning by himself. One time he sent the disciples across the seas to go. You guys go, and I'm going to take some time to myself. I was like, wow, if Jesus knew that this thing that he had to accomplish in life, he had to take time with the Father, then we as leaders, as pastors, as podcasters, as authors, whatever we're doing, 
it should start and end with prayer. My podcast, I need to, but when I'm coming up with concepts, it comes out of prayer. My books, when I'm coming up with concepts, it comes out of prayer. My pastoring is saturated by prayer. As a matter of fact, our church is getting ready to celebrate one year of praying every morning uh, at 6 a.m. We started last June, June 1st, uh, in the midst of the pandemic, and we said we're going to pray every morning at 6 a.m., no matter how many people show up, and the church has been consistent. We have prayed every single day. June 1st, we will celebrate one year of praying as a church every day for an entire year. Wow. That gives me chills because it, you know, and, and, and prayer is, uh, it's, it's very near and dear to my heart because of how long my life went prayerless or, mm-hmm. or this is how, this is how a good friend of mine who's insightful put it he said, Caleb, you've been praying your whole life, but you haven't listened. Right. <laughs> you know? and, and it's like, Hey, spare tire, this, that, Hey God, I need this, you know, but to listen and to have the Holy spirit intercede for you. And for God to actually speak to you, I mean, what an incredible thing! And I and I feel like prayer can very quickly be put through the Christian microwave, you know, yeah. <laughs> and and that's not how it was meant to be. I, I love the picture of Jesus getting away, and what a beautiful model for us to follow. Like, let's get away, let's pray, and let's listen. Let's see what God wants from us. To invite Him into every part of our days, every part of our work. What a beautiful thing. Uh, I absolutely love that. Uh, Yeah. Oh, please, please. Can I unpack that just a little more? You you said something that was so good. You know, there's a difference between, you know, uh, uh, talking at God, you know, um, than talking with God. Mm -hmm. You know, that when we pray, a lot of times we don't wait, you know, on God's direction. And, you know, some people, you know, God doesn't talk to me in an audible voice. But he gives you unctions. He he nudges mm-hmm. you to drink. You just kind of sense, right? Oh yeah, what he's asking you to do, and it's like it comes to Amen. you in that picture. But you've got to wait on that. You've got to mm-hmm. wait for him to give you that direction. The Bible says, "Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not to your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him, mm-hmm. and he will direct your path, or he will make your path straight." And so, to me, that is just so powerful. I, I was glad that you said that. Oh, that's just—it's amazing. I wrote my notes here, brother. Um, the dance of uh, spirit and scripture, because because God will talk to you. And people are like, well, well, how do I know it's it's not just me and this and that? It's like, hey, you got scripture right there. Got it. You got it right there. <laughs> He's giving you give the command. He's not going to say anything that doesn't line up perfectly with what you know to be true. Love God. Love others. Walk humbly. Do justice. Love mercy. It's pretty simple. <laughs> Bible's <laughs> complex, but it's also pretty simple. And. Um, I just, I, I love it, brother. And, and, and I get excited about this because God just does such, he's done such a work in my own life of like showing me like, Caleb, like you've, you've been at the little playground. Like it's time to get into the big leagues here. Yeah. Like I, I am, I am an active God. He's, he's an active God. He's with us today. And that is uh, what an encouraging thing. What a, what a, uh, I kind of liken it to the child who's with their parents, you know, a child who's with their parents kind of feels fearless, untouchable. I got my dad and my mom with me. Uh, but too often we're kind of like the, the child who the parents are gone. And, you know, you start, that, that child starts to cower. Like, wait, where's mom and yeah. dad? Like, I'm scared. What's going on? And I feel like we operate out of that place too much when God says, I didn't give you a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and self-control. And to have that spirit, we've got to be glued to God at the hip. And we do that through prayer. I just, 
Ah, love that, brother. Okay, so you had mentioned uh, a real important thing is to surround yourself with a host of, of counselors. So I would love to hear how that came about in your own story. What did you learn and, and, and what it looks like now in your life? Well, you know, a, a lot of times, again, I go back to my thought as a leader in the beginning that I, my picture of leadership was being out front. Being out front, everybody follow me, come on. I got all the direction. As I, as I pastored for a while and as I, you know, even coaching in the community and doing things outside of, uh, you know, just ministry, I learned that you're only as strong as the team around you. Mm-hmm. And so I, it actually caused me to kind of settle into the team instead of standing out in front of them, coming and locking arms with them. Because, you know, with, with, without those people that, are, that, that have your back, you know, I think about Moses. Um, in in, uh, in Exodus, where they're fighting the battle, uh, Josh, Joshua and those guys are down in the valley fighting the Amalekites, and they're winning while Joseph, while Moses' arms are up. But then Moses' arms get tired, and they begin to come down, and her and Aaron push his arms back up, and they start winning the battle. And so, so often, we want to be Moses by ourselves with our hands up and our arms up and saying that we're strong, mm. but really that's not realistic. Realistically, we need people around us. We need to trust people around us and trust that God has brought those people into our lives for a purpose that is bigger than myself. If I'm going to do anything significant, it's going to be bigger than me and it's going to be outside my resources. It's going to be beyond what I can do by myself. And so that host of many counselors, there is truly safety. Mm, Man. I'd love to just put up a poster right now. Someone <laughs> holding those arms up on either side, just just to, to, to remind you of, of what like true leadership is, of what true like being the church is, um, surrounding ourselves like that. I love that. Um, so our path, taking risks, walking with God, none of it is ever going to be perfect. There's going to be hardship. There's going to be failure. There's going to be tough stuff. I've got my own list of things where I go, man, that was a really tough season. So Brother, for you, you mentioned one of the biggest things through all this has been restoration of your marriage. Uh, I, I remember a time in my life when uh, I was working like a dog. Uh, I was just up at seven, sleep at midnight, and it was work day and night. And I remember after about a year of this, my wife, Brittany, who's everything to me, she's just like, like I, f- I feel like I hardly know you anymore. And I'm like, whoa, bam. I don't think I've heard something so painful in my life. And I had a lot of work to do to reevaluate my priorities and and uh, and work on my marriage after working on my writing and my business and that. So, brother, tell me about the restoration of your marriage in this process. Yeah, I think that is one of the major, major areas where God really showed up. Um Somewhere around 2002, 2003, um, me and my wife were married for about six going on seven years. And we were kind of casual, convenient. I call us casual Christians. You know, we, we went to church every now and then. And, you know, I knew the Bible from growing up in church, but we weren't really living out our faith. And our marriage really hit a tough, tough time where communication wasn't working. We were not happy with each other. We were just, uh, man, it was really tough. I'm just, I'm just going to say it was really tough. Mm. 
And we ended up separating for a season. And this season lasted about 18 months uh, being apart. And what I didn't know is that she was seeking the Lord. She had finally got to the place where she was praying and asking the Lord, you know, what should I do? How should we do this? And I had gotten to a place where I began to seek the Lord, you know, from a genuine place, a broken place that God, I don't know if I'll get this marriage back. I don't know if that's, you know, going to happen for me, but I know I need to be a better man. I know I need to be a better father, a better husband, you know, a better man. And I don't know how to do those things. And I need you to teach me. And so I really found myself humbling myself before God and really seeking after him. And there came a point where God gave us an opportunity. And I think it was, um, um, uh, it was a resurrection week of 2005, resurrection week of 2005, that my wife had called me that week. Now, our church was having a play, um, and I remember it in the play. I remember it because it broke me down when Jesus was in the, in the garden. And he said to the father, he said, you know what, you know, if there's another way, you know, let this cup pass from me. But nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. And that next day, after I had watched that play, uh, my wife had called me and she said, you know what? I, I know we, we have to go to court and we can sign these papers and this thing can be over. You know, is that really what you want to do? And that moment in that play came back to me that, you know what? God, I know this is going to be hard. I know people are going to look at me crazy because we've been separated and we've been arguing and, you know, custody and all kinds of stuff that we were getting into. But I said, Lord, if this is your will, then nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. And I said to her, I said, no, let's 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 try to you know fix our marriage. And we came back together and we did something interesting. You know, instead of going into counseling, (laughs) we went into counseling training. (laughs) you know and so we went into counseling training and we took the training material home and did the counseling we 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 learned how to have the conversation we used the speaker listener techniques we learned how to speak from you know uh, an eye point of view you know i feel like and we started having conversations with each other and the healing began and the final straw to that was that we said to the lord we said look this is not our marriage. This is your marriage. We said, God, you restored it. This is yours. Our marriage was the one that crashed and burned. <laughs> we want to give our marriage over to you. And God, you know, breathe life into that marriage. We begin counseling other couples. You know, we've actually done more counseling than we've done pastoring. We started counseling back in 2006. And man, couples were lining up because our story was so compelling because mm-hmm. we were on the verge of uh, of, of everything falling apart. And God stepped in right there because we were willing, both of us were willing to give it over to God. And um, we're going to be celebrating 25 years, uh, June 12th uh, this year. Wow. Congratulations, brother. I always do this on our team meetings. I ring the bell when something amazing happens. Brother, congratulations. Like what a testament of just God's faithfulness to you both. And also what a blessing to other couples that, um, you know, you were allowed to go through a really dark time in your marriage and God's using that. What a great place to be able to speak from when others are going through their dark times. Um, you know, it's hard, it's hard to lead others through a place you've never been. It just is. And, um, I'm so glad that God redeemed your marriage and just restored it 
Wow. Amazing. So, okay. You start with water bottles. Where are you headed in the next two to five years? Where are your risks taking you? What's that pain point, that, that problem you're looking to heal in this world? Well, you know, what we've been doing lately is, you know, again, we've taken the water bottle thing to another level. You know, we've taken over gas stations. Hmm. We've taken over laundromats. Um, we're planning on taking over some car washes. And in our gas station outreaches, we'll go and take over about four pumps. We'll prepay um, a certain amount at each pump. And what we do is we have one person pump and the other person pray. And we just did it recently. We just did one recently. And the there were some people that came over just for the prayer. They didn't care about the gas. They wanted to come over for the prayer. And they could not believe, you know, that we were out there doing that. Mm-hmm. And yes, it's a risk because they said, well, who's funding this? I said, our churches. You see the members of our church here. We're the ones you know, giving into this because we want to come back, come out and give into the community. And so we want to take, you know, these outreaches that we're doing and we want to begin to start planting other churches. We have pastors that have now been trained up. They've been pastoring. They share the speaking load and we actually want to launch them out to take what we're doing in our area to new areas. And so that's the risk that we're preparing for and we're trying to get everybody mentally, emotionally, spiritually prepared for it because it's going to be a new phase in our ministry. Wow. Absolutely amazing, brother. I love that. I love the ministry. I love the practicality of it. I love the um, just to just going straight to the source prayer, prayer for people like I can break someone's uh, break right through their their spirit. Yeah. You know, it's just where we live in such a distraction society that when something becomes important, when you see the the soul things going on underneath the surface, man, what a beautiful thing. Um, so I always ask guests this, and you could say in a word or a sentence or what have you, but Anthony, risk is blank. Risk is trusting God when you don't know what's next. <laughs> I love that. And nothing like sums up the laugh at the end says so much because you're just like, I, you can't even explain it. Like God just shows up and does his thing. And it's, it's, uh, it's stranger than fiction, (laughs) the way that he works very mysterious. So where can people learn more about you, learn more about your podcast? Well, you can contact me at the love thy neighbor podcast network at WordPress. Um, so you can go to our WordPress site. You can go to our anchor site and leave us a message at anchor.fm slash Anthony dash Wilson. You put message at the end. You can message me. Uh, you put support at the end. You can support our podcast, but we're all over wherever there's podcasts. Our podcast is there. And then go to kindle.com, uh, type in Anthony Wilson and my books will come up um, and you can pick up any of our books there. We have a lot of ebooks and uh, some paperbacks there as well. And so we're, we're pretty much everywhere, but love the Love Thy Neighbor podcast network. If you can remember that, type that in. All of my stuff will come up underneath that. Love Thy Neighbor podcast network. Please go check it out. Thank you for listening to this episode on the Riskers podcast. Uh, subscribe where you like to, your Apple, your Spotify, all of the good stuff. 
And if you've enjoyed today's episode, we would love a five-star review and hear your story of where you're at and your risk. I mean, you may be in the beginning stages, you may be right in the thick of it and it's difficult. And like the listening to the riskers episode, like gives you that new life. Like, okay, I'm not the only one. Like this is, this is actually pretty normal in the process. So if God is calling you to risk, to, to heal a pain, solve a problem in this world, as we all make disciples who follow Jesus, well, you can get started by going to lovethyneighbor.com, going to kaylorbreaking.com, learn what it is your niche is. Surround yourself with those that the, the, the host of counselors as you listen to God and what he's calling you to do. Thank you again so much for listening to the Riskers podcast. And thank you, Anthony, for being a guest, brother. I really appreciate it. And I love this story that God's working in you, brother. Amen. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to the Riskers podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Speak It to Book and Sermon to Book, where we're on a mission to teach kingdom-minded men and women how to write, publish, and market best-selling books and build world-class platforms. To learn more, go to www.calebrakey.com.